This is the Saxo Market Call, the daily financial markets podcast across asset classes and around the world. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call on Friday, 18th of August 2023. And energy levels are coming higher here in, uh, in, in, the, in the overall financial markets. S&P 500 futures, another negative session yesterday, more sell-off in, in China. The Hang Seng was down 2% at one point. Very ugly months to, to date performance, as you can see on slide two across our theme basket. What a bloodbath in green transformation and bubble stocks. I wrote about the, um, the, the failure of green transformation stocks over the past year. Very interesting developments uh, there, to say at the least. We are at critical support levels in the S&P 500, and next week is going to be absolutely critical because we have NVIDIA reporting on Wednesday, on Wednesday, and we have China, which was very, very forceful in their uh, UN uh, fixing today, and they are now urging high-quality companies on the stock exchanges to announce buyback programs. From yesterday, they they uh, they they really you know recommended banks to to support the economy. So. It, it smells a little bit of panic in, in China and potentially there are also some panic coming to the bond market. As you can see on slide three, the, uh, we were, uh, we were hit banging into the, uh, into the highest levels we have seen since the highs in 2022. So this morning we're trading 4.22% on the US 10-year yield. The um, Bovin from, uh, from Bank of America was out with a big report yesterday warning of a 5% world. 5% meaning 5% in the U.S. 10-year yield. There is considerable repricing taking place right now in the long end of the yield curve. It almost seems like the market and investors are finally uh, you know, agreeing that inflation is going to be more sticky and potentially we are headed into a stagflationary environment. And if we, if we break above the previous highs from 2022 in the U.S. 10-year yield, it will begin to cause a, a repricing across the U.S. equity space. We had cyclical sectors... Uh, declining more than defensive sectors yesterday, and um, I think there was a rotation going on in, you know, internally in the equity market. And higher equities and lower sentiment could be toxic for technology stocks. And then, if we get a if we get a negative surprise from Nvidia on Wednesday, then then I think we have a pretty interesting setup in the equity market. But all it's very interesting times. Also, you know, the, all the concerns about China and now these uh, these bond yields is impacting everything from gold to uh, industrial metals in, uh, in in commodities. So, what what are your thoughts with what's happening these days? Well, I think on top of the uh, the China worries, which is which does obviously have an impact on on commodities, given the demand coming from China. We also had the minutes uh, list this week from uh, the latest Fed meeting, basically leaving the door right uh, wide open for additional rate hikes in order to combat what they see as as uh, just like we do uh, sticky inflation. Uh, so it's it's just adding to the to the pressure, and uh, I think the Nasdaq is on uh, route for its worst. Uh, well, Wilson has seen his worst three-day slide since February, so uh, it is obviously the the interest-sensitive uh, area that's uh, that's being impacted. But I think next week you mentioned Nvidia, but uh, we also have Jackson Hole. We have uh, the we have a speech from Powell on Friday, the Fed chair, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how he's going to navigate all these different moving parts that we're seeing uh, right now, uh, because there is there is clearly some concerns about uh, the U.S. Uh, um, ability uh, to continue to uh, to see these very high rates and and with the with the, he- the heavy debt load that they're that that they're still building up. So um, very very interesting uh, week ahead, but. 
looking at the commodity space, I just put in the one week performance on slide four and uh, generally a negative week where, where the, even the energy sector has uh, given up some of its recent strong gains. The grain market is, is uh, holding up for now. There's worries about another heat wave uh, hitting hitting crops this, uh, over the coming weeks. And this is uh, just ahead of the harvest, which will, will start fairly soon. So, um, so that's going to be watched. But um, as you mentioned, Peter, uh, Copper has been very much in, uh, in, in sync with the Remembi. So uh, when we see, saw some strengths yesterday, copper also recovered. Gold obviously has got uh, no friends right now, or very few friends right now, simply because the funding cost of holding a gold position is high. And as long as the market believes that that funding cost go even higher, then there's no urgency in getting involved with gold. And that's why it's, it's uh, suffering at this time. We, we think it will have its uh, time, but uh, we have to be patient on that front. And uh, looking ahead to next week, the energy sector, tight supply is, is, uh, is the main, main focus there. But obviously the uh, macroeconomic worries that we, we have at the same time is, is likely pre to prevent any, any strong gains. So I think we're still in a period of consolidation on that front. And um, if we just finish off the, the commodity sector, um, the, early in the week we had the NOAA, um, the National Hurricane uh, Oceanic, uh, uh, can't remember the full name, but uh, they basically came out saying that uh, we could, there was risk that we could see a busy hurricane season which really kicks off here towards the end of August partly due to warming ocean waters. And just take a look at the uh, seven-day uh, chart here on, uh, from, from NOAA. We got four, uh, we got four uh, they're lining up uh, like pearls on the string. Um, and, and, and we basically need to be uh, prepared for that. Uh, again, what the impact could be on natural gas, it could be on crude oil, uh, export, and ex export and import. It could be on uh, crops uh, in, in, the, in the southern parts of the U.S. So um, most certainly one we need to uh, watch as well in the coming weeks. All right, Ole. Good stuff there. And um, I forgot to actually say in our small market wrap in the beginning that it's very important to note as well that some of these worries coming out of China obviously also is related to one of the big Chinese property developers, Evergrande. People might recall that we have mentioned that a couple of times on this podcast in the previous year as that that is where the cracks really started to begin with. Um, they have filed for US bankruptcy protection in the court in New York. So obviously key to watch there. And then one measure of you know, liquidity, Altea was on the podcast the other day talking about, you know, the lack of liquidity increasingly in the Japanese bond market. We had that horrible JGB auction. And then also Bitcoin, not something we typically talk too much about on this podcast. It's not that interesting for financial markets. But when we have um, liquidity issues, it, it is suddenly something that, that, that you know, becomes very visible in, in crypto markets. And Bitcoin is uh, is down more than eight percent, so it's also I think a signal of uh, of this um, waning liquidity that we're seeing in markets. So um, stay in your toes, uh, everyone. Um, and then stocks to watch today. We had a huge move. We talked about it on the podcast. Adian, um, one of Europe's largest payments companies, listed on the Amsterdam Stock Exchange. It was down twenty percent when we when we had the conversation yesterday on the podcast. It ended the day down almost forty percent. I must admit, <clears throat> I must admit, I, I was actually, uh, I was quite angry is the, the wrong word, but I was quite, um, I was irritated because they, um, they, they did this big miss. It's not the CEO of ADN that goes on 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 Bloomberg TV and and CNBC talking about the results. They sent the CFO, and the CFO makes some very lame comments about we're investing for the medium and long term and. 
coming basically with all sorts of excuses for why they performed as bad as they did, um, which is obviously a very big surprise to the market. And it's almost like they didn't really accept the the viewpoints from investors that what they have done is actually quite wrong. Uh, instead, they came up with their own explanations for what they're doing, what they're doing, and I just I think that's very it's a very dangerous path to to go down as a company. You have to listen to the market because it you have tens of thousands of investors pouring over information and looking and scrutinizing your figures. And if you don't if you're not listening to what your investor base is telling you, then then it's not a good sign. So ADN, look at that price chart there on slide six. Really ugly. We're basically down to levels from from around the pandemic, the early days of the pandemic. So um, I'll be I'll be putting in a comment or two on ADN in my equity note today when I also look ahead uh, to NVIDIA's earnings release next week. And then Walmart, we have to talk about, about Walmart. It was the big US earnings focus yesterday. They surprised to the upside both on compar- comparable uh, sales figures for Q2, but also better than expected earnings. And they lifted the fiscal year guidance on earnings. And um, I think they, you know, the Walmart results underscore the fact that there is still a very significant tailwind for Walmart because of substitution effects. So you as consumers substituting away from more pricier retailers into more low-cost retailers like Walmart. And I think it it, it really just you know bolstered the view that there is a stagflationary environment in the US. Uh, households are still under pressure from what is going on in the economy. Shares were down 2% for, for Walmart. And then the earnings watch. Today's earnings focus is Deer. Deer is a super interesting company, but look at the look at the um look at the revenue uh, revenue projections for the the quarter that ended in July, $14 billion unchanged from a year ago. But look at the quarter before, the quarter that ended in April. Revenue growth at that point was 30%. So in a single quarter, the year-over-year growth rate goes from plus 30% to 0%. And I know the food prices, crops prices, etc. are down. Um, so obviously demand is weakening for farming equipment, but that's a pretty pretty steep uh, growth deceleration there. And um, revenue growth is expected to be minus 11% in uh, the fourth quarter. Uh, and that's the quarter that for them that will end in, in October. So uh, um, different times for Deer. Um, obviously a focus, I, we've talked about the agribusiness uh, generally on this podcast recently because I wrote a note about it. A lot of interesting things are happening and um, let's, uh, let's see what Deer says. And then next week, uh, our focus will be on BHP Group on Monday. On Tuesday, uh, Enter Sports, which is a is a you know a Chinese uh, they're the Chinese equivalent of Nike, um, super interesting I think from a perspective of getting an idea of what is the health of the Chinese consumer here. And I'm not talking about the personal health, but the health in terms of the willingness to spend money on uh, on the cons- consumer discretionary items as the ones that Enter Sports uh, is selling. And then on Wednesday, the big day, Nvidia. I'll be writing about that today in my equity update and then we have snowflake as well both companies part of the the and the ai cluster and and very important for risk sentiment and technology stocks so um yeah and then on thursday i'm interested in c uh, crh because it's a building materials company very large one here in europe um, and with the latest um the latest uh, you know the stock performance in our construction theme basket is actually quite good but with those high interest rates and still rising, can these stocks continue to perform well? And then hopefully we will get finally the results from the Chinese uh, consumer company, May Twin. They should, according to the Bloomberg calendar report on Thursday. And then the macro calendar, I don't think there's much to say unless you want to have a, unless you have a comment or two on the F, uh, CFTC's weekly cut report, Ole. 
Yeah, no, it's, it, that one will obviously give us a good idea about how how investors and speculators are, uh, what they're what they're doing in both forex and I think also right now interesting in the fixed income market where we're seeing these quite extreme and uh, record uh, big short positions in uh, in the in the bond market how they de- how they developed further this past week, but also obviously what's happening in in, in the commodity space where uh, at least up until now we've seen some resilience in the energy market with uh, with uh, with with that attracting most of the the, the buying interest whereas uh, the the rest of the market the agriculture and metal have seen broad selling uh, in the past couple of weeks. I think also just uh, CPI from uh, the Eurozone coming out as well today, you expect that to be unchanged at 5.3, so basically uh, flat reading uh, following uh, months of uh, decline. So again, that, that could be, be interesting to watch. But apart from that, the, the focus will obviously turn to next week, and I'll say the, the second half of the week, and we'll have John Hardy back as well next week. So, um, so uh, we'll have more, more call on the FX market as well, which is obviously showing a lot of movements right now but um, the Jackson Hole on Friday is probably going to be the one that everyone waits for so um, with that in mind I think I'll I'll, um, I'll finish it off here for you Peter uh, wish everyone a happy uh, nice weekend when you get that far and stay safe out there thank you very much thanks for listening this has been the Saxo Market Call for feedback and questions reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com.